Welcome to Hearing Your Side. I'm your host, Brad Miller. This podcast represents conversations I had beginning in the fall of 2017. I wanted to discuss controversial and divisive topics, not with the goal of winning an argument, but rather to better understand another person's view. It was an attempt to get outside of my bubble, and my first guest was someone leaving his bubble as well. Like me, my friend Josh grew up in a conservative Christian home, but a few years ago, he moved to one of the most diverse cities in the country. When he did that, he made a Facebook post describing the experience of interacting with new people from all walks of life. So I called him up and we talked about those interactions, as well as the Christian culture he grew up in, how his faith has changed over time, dealing with doubts, and trying to be a good father and husband. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello, Josh. What's up, Brad? Good to have you on here, man. Thanks for uh, joining me. Thanks for having me, man. I mean, it's an honor. It's taken us a little while to get the tech stuff work out. We can pull back the curtain and reveal, <laughs> gosh, what is it? It's seven o'clock around there and, and yeah. you're, in, you're in Nashville, right? Actually, I'm in Dallas, Texas right now. Dallas, Texas. Jeez, there you go. Yeah. That shows how long it's been since we got together, obviously. Yeah. I've been in Dallas, Texas for the last 10 months, but I kind of commute back and forth from D- Nashville to Dallas about once a month. Okay, yeah. And you're commuting there for work-related things or music-related? Yeah, music. And I mean, my brother and I are here in Dallas and we'll be here probably for another year. And the rest of the band, the rest of Raven Hill is actually in uh, Nashville. And then I also do some stuff with licensing and recording ah, there okay. and, and do some podcasting there. Yeah, yeah. So it's for me, I basically put a month's worth of work in, in about, I schedule it in about a week yeah. in Nashville. <laughs> and then the other 20 days of the month, I'm here in Dallas just doing... I don't know, being a dad and... Yeah, dude, you are being a dad. We, we are going to probably catch snippets of your kids running around <laughs> in the background here. For sure. Right before we started, uh, you were having the world's most hilarious tech problems. Yeah. Like 40 notifications popping up that all said something need to be ejected and then uh, <laughs> Amazon, not- and then a kid ran in and it was awesome because you were talking to me and then mid-sense you just said all right don't eat this pizza it's too hot or something like that and then yep, just kept exactly without missing it. a beat and just went right back to talking to me and i was like oh yeah that's dad level uh pro well i've been fathering dadding yeah. for about nine years so and and what's really neat is i don't know if every dad's the same i assume we're all different we're all sure. every person is different and sure. and how they interact with other people is different so like whenever my oldest son his name's london I talk to yeah. him like we're in this together type thing. Like we're, we're yeah. tag teaming life together. And so I remember having the conversation with him like, dude, every day that you're trying to learn how to be a person, I'm trying to learn how to be responsible for another person. Oh, that's <laughs> and, interesting. And yeah. You don't hide that from him. Yeah. I basically go like, hey, man, I, I'm going to mess up, but I'm going to do my best. And I need you to, number one, have grace with me. But number two, like help me. You know, I was yeah. like, you're the guinea pig. I, I'm sorry you are the guinea pig. And so yeah. luckily he's like, he's great. We've had some great conversations. And even after those conversations, I go, I think it's amazing. I get to have this conversation with you and you get it, you know? Yeah. And so 
uh, it's just in my life, I've tried to be pretty authentic. Sure. And especially with my kids, like pretty transparent. Like if I don't talk to them about things, mm. then the world is eventually or someone else is going to talk to them about that stuff. And yeah, I just want to influence it. You know, it's awesome. Have you seen a movie called Captain Fantastic by any chance? <laughs> yes. Such a good movie. Okay. Because that movie really brings up this idea of how honest to be with your kids, you know? Yeah. Viggo Mortensen is like raising this like buff, smart family. Yeah. And he's just telling them everything. And then they show the difference between that and a family that kind of censors right. a little bit of information from their kids. And what I loved about that movie was it kind of showed the pros and cons. Yeah. You know, it didn't just weigh down on, on, on one side. So you got to see like that. And I wondered like with your own kids, you're trying to be pretty upfront about things when they ask you questions and stuff yeah like that. but i guess the difference between him and and i would be i think i'm less extreme with what i share you don't walk around naked in the house yeah <laughs> <laughs> megan my wife who you know but maybe your listeners yeah. don't uh and i will yeah. talk about like oh should we talk about this with him yet and should we give him a blanketed truth but it's like a broad truth. And then whenever he gets old enough where it's like, okay, we now need to talk about that more in depth. That's when we do okay, that. Yeah. So, and then I also don't take them out in the woods and make them fend for themselves. Uh, I'm not against that. <laughs> yeah, that's how that movie goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely think that like, I want my kids to have survival skills. And I'll tell you right mm-hmm. now, if I'm anything like that guy in that movie, I'm probably more on the, their book smart and less, they're less trained for survival skills. And I wish there was a better balance of that. Okay, yeah, yeah. It actually gets into some good stuff here because I, I kind of want to talk a little about your upbringing. You know, you and I, I think we're raised somewhat similarly. Yeah. In Christian homes. Yep. And I, you and I didn't actually meet until we were teenagers and we were at a Christian uh, camp. Which says and, so much uh, right there. It, <laughs> it does. I've heard a little bit of your your background, your story, but... When you're talking about raising your kids with an honest attitude, is that because you had a little bit of a sheltered upbringing? Um, yeah. I mean, I think for sure I had a sheltered upbringing. Um, just to give people a little bit of context so they know where I'm coming from. Yeah. My dad was a pastor. He was a, a Marine and a Texas good old boy. And... <laughs> and Vietnam vet, you know, um, he became a Christian right after the Vietnam War and, and after his, oh, wow. his business partner and him had a bar and his business partner got busted for selling drugs out of the back of the bar. And so it was Whoa. kind of a rude awakening. So he had like kind of the past, but, yeah. um, and he gave his life to, to God. And then I was born in the eighties and, and my mom was uh, uh was raised in a Mexican orphanage in Mexico, and mm, yeah. And my mom and dad met because he was an evangelist going to a missionary going to Mexico. And when my mom was old enough, instead of leaving the orphanage, she started working with the with the people at the orphanage. That's how they met. And then they got married. And a year later, here I was. And uh, mm. whenever I was seven years old, we moved from from Houston, Texas to Southern Illinois and Southern Illinois is uh, like most people think of Chicago when you hear Illinois, but like Southern Illinois and, and Northern Illinois couldn't be more different. Like Northern Illinois is the cool part (laughs) and Southern Illinois is the (laughs) redneck part. And, 
And nothing okay. against Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois has given me so much and, and everything. But the town I lived in was a town, I think at the time, had 8,000 people in it and didn't have a whole lot of diversity. Actually, the most diverse was like our family. Like the fact that we were right. Hispanic, uh, half Hispanic, was I remember one time overhearing someone tell my mom, oh, thank goodness you guys are bringing new blood together or bringing new blood here because there was, right, there was yeah. so many white people, you know? Yeah. And what's hilarious is none of us ended up with anybody from Southern Illinois. We all married, like the two that are married are married to people. I married a girl from Pittsburgh and right. my sister yeah. <laughs> married a, a guy from Texas. So it's just funny. But, you know, like being in a band, like I've been in and out of band since I was 15 and seeing the world made me realize that not every place has the same experience or ideals or even viewpoint or perception as right. uh, a Southern Illinoisan, and more specifically as a person that grew up in a coal mining town that right now is like 6,000 people. Right. Yeah. And I literally, last time I was in West Frankfurt uh, about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks, playing a concert and we jokingly were talking about how the moment me and my brothers came into town, the diversity just went through the roof. And, <laughs> right. I was going to say. And so. That mixed blood didn't really stick around. <laughs> uh, right. And so <laughs> I literally looked up on uh, on Google like what the ethnic breakdown of that town was. And it is 97.6% white. And then it broke it down even more into like the Asian community and the black community and, and the Hispanic community. And it's just crazy. Like we broke that down into numbers. And I think there is census says there's two black people there. Asians, there's like four Asians. Jeez. I mean, it's just crazy. Right. Yeah. So it's not a great representation of the whole country. For sure. Plus you're being raised in a Christian home. Right. Yeah. Which so you've, you've got a couple of different kinds of bubbles going. Yeah, yeah. There's kind no of and I and I, I don't say that as an insult because I I feel like I have a similar situation. Well, when I started to leave Southern Illinois to kind of play music, but ultimately get an education through experience and and right. see the world, yeah. which I think is very like important for someone to get outside. I, I it saddens me so much to think of. There are so many people that live their entire lives and never leave maybe an an hour radius from where they were brought up, you know? Um, maybe right. they fly out to Cancun or Bahamas or whatever, Florida, <laughs> like as a family, but they never interact or learn from other people. And honestly, I think that's something we need to do. The more people I meet from different areas... And the more different perceptions I learn from, that's I feel so right. much more equipped to handle this world. Whenever someone asks right. me as a Christian <laughs> or as a human what I feel about a thing, right. I try to lead with humility first and say, well, I'm, I mean, I probably should have said this before yeah. we even started talking. I may say something unintelligent or ignorant. I would ask any, any of your listeners to be patient with me because I'm still learning. I love talking about ideas. What I hate doing sure. is getting in conversation with people where their job, it almost seems like they're not one to have a conversation. They're wanting to immediately yeah. make me the bad guy and them the good guy. And that's not how 
a functioning, uh, I guess, community uh, works <laughs> or succeeds, I think. Yeah. And I think that that kind of gets to sort of why I wanted to bring you on here, because when I started drumming around the idea of a podcast with just people sharing their ideas, especially people that I disagree with and just kind of sitting down and talking, a friend, a mutual friend of ours emailed me something you had written on Facebook, and it was all about this experience that you've had in the last year. I I guess by now it'd be probably two years ago uh, where you were kind of going out. Maybe it was... Was it because of touring or was it because of moving to Texas? But you, you were running into people of all different backgrounds. Um, it's a little bit of everything. I felt like um, through living in Dallas, which is one of the biggest cities in the, uh, in the United States. And if you add Dallas and Fort Worth, it's just there's so many people here. And then I lived in Nashville. So I went from living in a small town of 6,000 people to living in two of uh, the United States biggest cities. And, um, right. And yeah, it's funny cause people don't think of Dallas as the land of diversity. You yeah. know, people always talk about that as like a, you know, a redneck, uh, farm country, whatever. But I've been hearing that is a very diverse area cause it's so huge. Oh, I, I, this is where I've met the most diverse or eclectic type. I mean, every, I, whenever I bump into people and I don't know if this is a gift or just an annoying thing I do, unintentionally but i always for some reason i'm always in conversations i get into pleasantries and then we get into deep conversations pretty quick like it's just funny how that kind of happens yeah my my stepdad is like that i think he says he has just one of those faces that people will just automatically you know just talk to him and he he's a people person he likes to talk yeah that's probably it i probably answer simple questions a different way to the point where people go oh i want to have more i'll keep going yeah (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? And then we end up in a conversation and I'm genuinely like interested in people's viewpoint or how right. they, why they are the person they are today. I feel like we're losing that. And that, that was kind of part of the impetus for this whole thing was I think we're getting very good at just throwing comments anonymously at people. And we've kind of stopped yeah. being good at just, especially face to face. This, this podcast is not face to face. But especially, you know, <laughs> sitting down with a person and just picking their brain and really trying to f- understand them, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and that was something you said. In fact, I, I could uh, quote you from the post here a little bit. Yeah. I'm just going to bounce around because it, it was a fairly long post, but I'm just going to kind of read yeah. some snippets here and there. I hate posts like that on Facebook. I hated posting. No, that, it's fine. Like it's fine. That's not why I got off Facebook. Uh <laughs> But yeah, the, <laughs> I would blame you're like there's going to be a big post coming soon. I, I got to get off this thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could feel it coming down the pipe. Um, but you said that uh, that every person that you chatted with wanted to be heard yeah. or loved, and that went both ways. And that you loved being shown respect by people, and they kind of love that too. And and I think that's something my stepdad gave me was if you're nervous, just ask the person about themselves. And uh, most people kind of like to talk about themselves and they like that you're taking an interest yeah so i kind of want to dig into that a little bit because you had this this post and some of this stuff i wanted to know more about because you were saying you you ran into celebrities public figures sex workers preachers drug addicts drug mules (laughs) people that bragged they were in gangs there was like all this uh different types of people you met well it's weird that i've gotten in these conversations i i understand that and even even listening to you 
read that back to me, I'm like, man, that sounds like someone that just goes looking for maybe. <laughs> you're out patrolling the streets. You're like, I saw drugs. <laughs> I saw prostitutes. Yeah. I was cleaning up the streets. Yeah, I wish I was but a vigilante. I, yeah, but I mean, it sounds like you were just you were not uh, sheltering yourself. Yeah, you're I, out there mixing it up. I feel like I should say, like, don't go looking for these types of people. Hold up. <laughs> oh, here, here's our first interruption. What, son? All right, nice. Okay, all right. Well, go in there and watch a movie. I dare you. Okay. That's sorry. Parenting live. No, that's great. I love it. That was my youngest son. Uh, just wanted to let me know he doesn't like Minecraft anymore. Oh, okay. Well, hey. Well, it had a good run. Uh, I, I yeah. just bought him <laughs> like $60, $70 worth of Minecraft toys for christmas oh so yeah we'll see how that... that's right right before this you were getting like amazon notifications out the wazoo it was really <laughs> yeah. funny but uh sorry to get back on track because i'm in a band and i don't know out and about i just i get in conversations with people and it, it seems like people want to talk yes and if you're a spiritual person you might say that i have a, a gift right for uh for people to to open up to if you're not you just might say i'm just good with words or i'm a good listener but either way like uh it's crazy and i think the reason i wrote that post is because it seemed because of the election and because of i don't know social media maybe and and the news and and just media in general it seemed like the overall message they were telling me is that there is a left side and a right side and we hate each other yeah, that was actually what kind of eventually pushed me to get off. Well, actually, it was Rogue One, and trying to avoid spoilers, I, I sort of put, <laughs> I put, I put Facebook and Twitter in a folder and said, "Do not open until Star Wars comes out." And then I realized how much better I felt just <laughs> <It's> not. <so> <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> I know I'd like to say it was for a more noble thing, but in that course of time, I just did not miss the endless just barrage of bad news and of people backbiting yeah. each other and all that stuff and. I was like, you know, we need probably just to learn to talk again, just as humans. Yeah, I think everyone should cleanse for sure. Um, that's something I kept noticing as I met people. I mean, I've already put my cards in the table. I'm, I mean, I'm a Christian, so, so there are a lot of people that are probably listening that think, well, this guy hates this and hates that right. and everything, and, and already kind of made their mind up about me. But the honest truth is, I don't hate anything. I... I I'm trying to figure it out. I I honestly, if I met the version of me that maybe the last time you and I hung out, Brad, yeah. like that guy that we hung out with you, if I had a conversation with that guy, we would be on total opposite sides of things. Yeah, it's interesting, right? I mean, that, that's part of the growing and learning thing that sort of surprised me was that it doesn't end, you know? No. <laughs> I kind of expected to be, have a handle on everything whenever I turned like 18, 19, but yeah. like you said, I mean, I would love to have my younger body, but I would not want my younger mind. No, I was so ignorant and I was so prideful, man. Sure. I was so <laughs> sure about things, man. And that's so, that's annoying. Like that, yeah, that I version would have annoyed of me myself. is so annoying. <laughs> yeah. And another thing is like I, it can be exhausting trying to find the right answer to every problem and trying to find where I stand on everything. And I, and doesn't mean I'm not going to quit somewhat trying that but at the most my stance now is all right i'm going to step first in humility i'm going to assume that i could be wrong yeah and hope that i'm right and i'm going to try to see the world from other people's point of view right 
especially those who I may disagree with. Yeah, the, the words I don't know probably need to come out a lot more. And it's it's something when people hear that, I notice that they get kind of almost shocked that someone might say that yeah. instead of that they might double down. And I did a lot of doubling down in my teenage years. Yeah. And then realizing that when you admit you're wrong, you can actually be right more often because you're you're yeah. not constantly saying that you know and then being proven wrong. And then that once that happens enough times, you go, geez, I better slow my roll a little bit on that yeah. stuff. Um, but we we actually met around you know our teenage years. Like I said, it was the youth camp, and we were probably yeah. fired up. And there's a you know, we, we had a bonding there with friends, mutual friends, and yeah. a lot of Christian bands that we were way into. And uh, totally. I still I see my wife and I still love listening to those. But one thing that we occasionally talk about is the fact that a lot of the people that we went to youth group with are not still Christians. Oh, I think about that all the time, man. Yeah, and and a lot of those bands that we listen to, and I don't know why this might even hurt me more, because maybe they were role models or examples to me, but a lot of the Christian bands we listen to have decided not to be Christians anymore or have changed their... I mean, that's kind of a bad way of putting it, but they've they've changed their minds, and that's fully allowed. But a part of me gets bummed out about that, and I, I, sure. it's the changing spectrum of life. Can I, I hope this doesn't sound like cocky in any way. Yeah, go ahead. But knowing, knowing and gotten, and gotten to know a lot of the bands that we grew up listening to. Yeah. Like my band Raven Hill is, hasn't had a ton of success, but we've been lucky enough to open up for bands that like have had amazing success. Sure. I've been lucky enough to have, be friends with a lot of those bands. Right. And I've been lucky enough to have an insight on on some of the bands that we grew up listening to. And I'll tell you right now, like our perception of of, let's use the band MXPX as because MXPX was the first Christian rock band that I thought this band's cool. They're Christian. Right. (laughs) Um, and, And because before that, every Christian band that I liked, I liked them, but they, I didn't think they were as cool as Nirvana or Green Day sure, or whatever. Yeah. You could just tell. Right, right. I was like, oh, these are youth group guys in the, uh, in the making. Quick side note, do you remember what your first Christian rock band was that you listened to? Because I can remember mine, and I don't think it would pass the coolness test, <laughs> but it was Mylon Lefevre or Mylon and the Heartbreakers. It was something that my parents recommended. That's so good. And it is I recently listened to have you have you heard of this band? No. I don't know. But this guy, it was some straight up like eighties light rock. <laughs> but what's so funny is at the time, because I wasn't really exposed to a lot of rock and roll, but that was yeah. an approved tape that they would allow, you know. I right. thought it was awesome. And I remember being like at a concert of theirs thinking it was awesome. And then I graduated to Petra from there, which Petra was like a very seventies sounding rock band. Right. Um, and they had they were a little more legit, a little harder sound. And then it's funny because moving into the '90s and when you and I met, we were going full blown punk, hardcore, ska, yeah. all of that stuff, like kind of aggressive music. And like I think the bands were much better <laughs> quality than yeah. some of the stuff I listened to of up you know early days. But I just had to throw that in there. Sorry. Well, my my first, believe it or not, was probably MXPX. Like um, wow. now, don't give me any cred for that because. A lot of it was because my parents wouldn't let me listen to anything rock or rap. Sure, yeah. Even if it was Christian, because if they couldn't understand it or whatever, better safe than sorry, we'll just give him 
a Carmen CD. Oh, Carmen CDs, yeah. Yeah. So I had a babysitter I, that had a crush on Carmen. Carmen, for the listener, <laughs> is like a Italian man who, in his music videos, was always fighting Satan. Uh, and, yeah. and it wasn't it wasn't Jesus fighting Satan. It was the man Carmen fighting yeah. Satan. Oh, so yeah. it was like a really interesting yeah. uh, mixed message there for kids. But yeah, oh that that's funny. He was like a little bit of a weird owl because he would parody things for sure. But then I he would also he was do a Christian weird owl. But at the same <laughs> yeah. time, man, this is so funny to me. He was such a staple in my like adolescence. Right. Uh, musically. Right. That me and David Curtis, who is a mutual friend of both of ours, yeah. uh, we grew up together and we jokingly talk about if Rolling Stone ever cared enough to get our soundtrack of our life that brought us to be the person, <laughs> the musician that we right, are today. Right. Yeah. I would have to get, I would have to give Carmen credit. Yeah. Because, dude. and it's cheesy to say, but even now it's so nostalgic for me. Right. That I have, last time I drove to Pittsburgh, I listened to Carmen all the way there. And he had me in tears a couple of times because it's just sure. so it's so connected with my uh, my my relationship yeah. and who I am that it's so silly and I could even go this is super cheesy yeah like I get it it's like Satan bite the dust I get oh, it man. like it's cheesy yeah but, but it's uh, part of what formed you oh for and sure and I think that's kind of why I take more personal pain from when bands that i listen to yeah and we were talking about mxpx i think you were kind of getting to this but yeah uh they you know they've done interviews and things and said basically they're kind of agnostic at this point but those right. were bands and, and and not maybe mxpx as much because their lyrics were kind of a lot about girls and things they, yeah, they would talk kind of occasionally a more big. they had like the one christian song on the album right that's, <laughs> that's so funny because you'd be in youth group and they'd be like let me hear the christian song they'd have to you'd have to like prove <laughs> the band at least had one song with a Bible verse or something. It was pretty funny. But uh, I would say more probably the hip hop because they were sermons. You right. know, they were just straight up like all preaching. And to me, I would take a lot from that. Like I would take like uh, encouragement from that. I'd be in my bedroom yeah. listening to that stuff and thinking, A, no one knows who these bands are. And at a certain age, that's cool. You know, that's like, yeah. you know, you're indie sure. or something. Alternative, alternative, because no one knows any of these bands. Right. Uh, and then they go on tour. They experience different things yeah. and, you know, they change their minds, you know. Yeah, I was trying. I'm sorry. Once again, I, I rambled off and I'm, I meant to tell you the reason that uh, I brought up the fact that, like, I've gotten to know these guys and everything our perception of those guys, MXPX or these hip hop artists you're talking about and everything. Right, yeah. Like when we were w- listening to them, they were probably in their, I mean, they probably started the band when they were in their teens, maybe early 20, 20, 21, 22, something like that. And we looked at them and even churches and, and these festivals looked at them like they must be godly scholars. They must be these. Well- <laughs> you know, that's so everything. perfect. Right. But man, I've, I've opened up for guys that are that are ten years younger than I am and more popular, and they are huge in the Christian industry, mm-hmm. and they don't know a thing about theology or where they stand. They know they just happen to sure. be three guys, four guys, five guys that could write great songs or pretty good songs, right. and and <laughs> and they met in a youth group, so they started a Christian band. Yeah, that's so that's so great that you're that you're saying that because yeah. that explains a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. That explains <laughs> a lot of what happens is you get people who are thrust into the limelight, but they're not necessarily oh, for ready sure. for it. I remember seeing a lot of reaction from bands of thinking, we don't really want to be role models. You know, we don't really want to have right. to, you know, give kids advice on their faith or whatever. 
and we're being asked all these questions and we're like teenagers and, you know, barely know right. where we stand. Maybe it was unfair that I ever, you know, thought of them as, you know, like you said, scholars and, th- and things like that. They're human. You know, they're going to change their minds and do things and as, as I've changed my mind and you've changed your exactly. mind. Exactly. I was thinking like, things. think of yourself whenever you're 18. I mean, I was in a band when I was 18 and wanted to, wanted to be on Tooth & Nail Records. And if I would have become popular at 18, 19, I would be so ashamed of the things, the bold statements I would have made at 18 because I had to go back. Even in my own life, I had to go back to some friends or people I knew um, and say, hey, like 10 years ago, I said some stuff and I got to apologize, man. I was like, I was <laughs> yeah. prideful, this or that. Thank God there wasn't a microphone or a podcast or oh, yeah. something. A YouTube? Yeah. For me to... <laughs> yeah, we're, we're lucky that we missed that that uh, train. For sure. Because I would have recorded some shameful stuff, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, even me being a podcast host, I said right. one thing in particular I can think of that in one of my episodes, and I left it in. Like, the the guest even corrected me. Yeah. But I said I said something that it was just silly uh, in, in the way of describing yeah. something, and it came off as maybe racist or maybe chauvinistic or this or that. And he Mm. goes, Oh, you might want to use this wording. And I go, you're right. I'm an idiot. And then we just kept going. And, and this is even me. This was me three years ago. I mean, one of the things I talk about in that Facebook comment that you uh, brought up was just because I don't believe the same as someone else doesn't mean I hate that person or even hate what they're doing. Right. Uh, Like as a Christian, I follow a certain moral code that, Christian yeah, the yeah. Christian ethics, but I don't know why we get so up in arms as Christians whenever yeah. people that don't follow those same code <laughs> right. of ethics don't do the things in that code of ethics. <laughs> right. Like, it's that's sa- to be It's so expected. funny because what you just said sounds so obvious, but I feel like it takes a lot of people a lifetime to get to that point of realizing that. And the funniest part is there's actually a Bible verse where Paul talks about, the Apostle Paul talks about, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Right. He says, God will judge them. I'm here talking about the problems within the church. That's my job. Yeah. And I thought, boy, that sums it up pretty beautifully. But like, yeah, my wife and I talk about this all the time is you can't expect non-Christians to act Christianly. It would be weird to do that. But you see that. You see people getting shocked (laughs) at the behavior of people who are literally not in the same viewpoint as you. You know, people that like lament that Christmas isn't celebrated like America wide or whatever. And it's like, dude, are you living in like a a dreamland where you just don't even realize that there are people outside of your belief system? You know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like if uh, if we're talking about the super right conservative. That is who the left is calling a bigot or thinks that that's evil and, and vice versa. There's two extremes. A lot of those people have a very, very staunch, hardcore way of making their point. And they're so firm on that stance that there's no room for anything else. Right. And I think that's the problem. I think we're supposed to be somewhere in the middle to where we can say, all right, I believe this way. But today, <laughs> yeah, today, yeah. I'm, I, I think mean, Rob had an idea of of having an expiration date on even this podcast of just saying this is our thoughts today. Yeah, because the more times that you learn something that you used to know was wrong, 
<laughs> the more you get ready for it next time. So yeah. I could say that, you know, that, that is as best as I can do now is to say, here's my view today. When you see it me, it'll be, be it, it'll be another version of me. Right. A hundred percent. Well, you even said, you know, the, the you, the version of you that I met as a teenager and we talked about how much you've changed. Um, yeah. But moving into kind of your 20s, um, I don't know about you, I took a lot of serious time to restudy my beliefs because yeah. I didn't go into college. And I know that's one thing a lot of people in college confront is a lot of uh, contrary views to what they believe. So I kind of just put myself through studying. But I had to drain myself of everything that my parents had taught me and sort of rebuild up my own foundation of things. Like, what do I think? Because if you're 20 and you're telling people that your mom said something and that's why, <laughs> that, is, that isn't good, <laughs> you know? No, Especially if you're moving into possibly being a husband or whatever and you're, or a father, you're not going to tell your kids, well, grandma said, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know some people do that, but I, that wasn't good enough for me and I took a lot of time and I don't say this to mean like, and then I firmly decided everything I believe because I've still been learning and growing. But that was that was eye-opening because I broke down the things that I thought and started from zero and built them back up. And a lot of things went away. Yeah. You know, I don't know. We, we don't have to get into specifics, but I mean, there was... We were ignorant. Yeah, exactly. And, and it was like, I needed to come to a place where I believe these things. Each one of these things, I have to believe for my own reason and that's where I started ditching some things because I said, you know what? I can't believe that. And it, and it went away. And other things that I was like, you know what? This, I'm hardcore on this. So that stays. Yeah. You know, so there was, there was a lot of things like that. But it was, I feel like it was healthy, but it shifted things a lot for me, you know, and, and it, so, it continues to happen. <laughs> yeah. So I, I assume you would believe this from what we've said the last 30 minutes. But, sure. But the idea that, if I'm still believing the exact same stuff I believed five years ago or 10 years ago, I don't think I'm learning and I'm not listening. Hmm, that's good. Um, Either you had the most lucky life where you picked yeah. up all the right ideas. Yeah. Which could happen. But I guess it could. The chances are, are low because <laughs> probably what's going mean, like, yeah. <laughs> to... I guess, I guess I just look at it like even the world 10 years ago is a different place True. than it is now. True. So like unless... You were lucky enough to be ahead of the curve and say, this is my stance, and then the world just follows suit. Like, I just feel like you have to constantly renew the way you look at things. And, man, I'm just going to say I'm going to say a broad thing, and, and hopefully I don't say anything ignorant or dumb or em embarrassing. But 10 years ago, if you would have asked me, uh, 12 years ago, if you would have asked me, what is your stance on homosexuality? Mm. And I would have had such a stern, well, they're all going to hell and, and, and this and that mm. and, and, and had such a unloving, bigoted look, which looks like a bigoted look, but honestly, it was just an ignorant, right? Um, yeah. perception. I didn't have any gay friends. I'd only had weird experiences with homosexuals. I had never, I'd never had a conversation with them where they weren't messing with me. Like, oh, right, like, right. And then I, I started working with a guy that was uh, gay and he, uh, we got to really know each other. And yeah, one day best. he came up to me. Yeah. And he came up to me and he said, uh, Josh, you're a Christian. 
um, but you never make me feel like I'm going to hell. <laughs> and I go, I hope so. Um, and I <laughs> That's go, great. he goes, like an awkward, what do you uh... think of my, <laughs> he goes, what do you think of my lifestyle? And I go, well, I mean, it doesn't necessarily matter what I think. I mean, like Billy Graham said, it's God's job to judge. I'm just supposed to love. Well, it goes back to that, that scripture I was telling you before, where he says people outside the church, you don't judge them by yeah. Christian standards. Right. I mean, like you even look at Jesus' own ministry and he is hard on people who are believers and he has a lot of patience with people who are not. And I feel like that's all been lost. And I was just thinking today, you know, there's these comments that are made in the Gospels where he's hanging out with prostitutes, hanging out with, you know, sinners, quote unquote. and, And people are like, what's up with your master? He's hanging out with these freaks. And then the comment... <laughs> Those are the other Christians, yeah? Right, yeah. These are the other believers who are saying, what's up with him hanging out with these people? Kind of right. like the American church a lot of times you see today where it's like, how come you're associating with people outside the church? And it's like, that's that's his whole point. And he even says, like, it's the sick yeah. that need the doctor. So, yeah, I, I love that. I, I love yeah. the idea of you, you making a friend and, and actually being able to talk on a human level. Yeah, for sure, because he is a human. And I think that's the case. Yeah. Like, I think I would say to any, I don't know how much, uh, what part of your audience will be an alternative lifestyle type audience. You can tell we're not used to using all these words. Say what? <laughs> I said you can tell our upbringing just from the types of words that we use. You know, it's almost hard yeah. to shake to shake words that you, like Christianese, you know, words that you hear like fellowship. Yeah, for sure. I'm or trying even... to use the proper lingo. But I would, I would ask them to be patient with us. I mean, first off, I apologize for most Christians because honestly, I don't think they're horrible people. I don't think they're evil people. I think they're ignorant. I think I was ignorant. I think I was so scared of something I didn't know about that I immediately just wanted to keep it away from me. Yeah, it's funny because the word that gets thrown around all the time is homophobia. That doesn't quite describe what it is. You know, it wasn't necessarily fear. I mean, I'm not going to speak for you. It wasn't necessarily right. fear. It was having a different uh, ethic than they do or whatever. Right. But I, I would say that's one of those labels that gets thrown out. And I think Christians do the same thing when they label people in the gay community, whatever. And you, you kind of have both right. sides just using short shorthand for each other. And, well, and you're not actually getting into the nuance of what do people actually think, you know, instead of just these quick, right. almost insults, you know, that we're good at throwing out. Well, I'm going to pick on Christians here a little bit more. And yeah, yeah, yeah sure. And, <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean to. Yeah, I just wanted to say, yeah, I think. poke fun at that hornet's nest. Yeah, okay, fine. Uh, no, the idea that we tend to, I put we in there because as a whole, I'm a Christian. So I'm lumped in with these people. We tend to put real strict, short statements out, like we stand on this and this, 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 and this. And they, there's some truths usually in their statements, but the real thing we need to be doing is having a conversation with anyone that believes differently than we do. Yeah, it's funny because you would think that would be the only way to make an impact. Either way, how how are you going to make forward progress without? communicating like that yeah i mean maybe because i wasn't raised in a dictatorship i i I haven't seen anything good come from a one-sided yelling match to me maybe someone from that side of things can educate me but i felt like i was raised my parents did a great job with with what 
the situation we're in. I mean, like they never taught me anything other than just love people. And when I drop my kids off at school, I always say love people, guys, just love people. Like if I pulled my kid in here, I'd say, hey, what does your dad say to to you right before you drop off school? Love people. Because I think <laughs> yeah. if we lead with love, there you go. the humility and respect comes, you know? And yeah. so, and I don't think like the church has done a pretty crummy job at, at leading with love uh, when it comes to people right. that believe differently than we do. Hey, I have no problem uh, being hard on other Christians because we're supposed to all stand on the same moral code and, and everything. And my wife sometimes says I'm maybe a little too hard on Christians and maybe I am, but I just expect more. And it's really frustrating that they've done this bad of a job, including myself have done this bad of a job for the last 30 years that has caused such a backlash that it's almost embarrassing to be a, call yourself a Christian now. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a reason for that, why you would be harder on the people that say that they share the same belief system with you. You you have a baseline where you can say, hey, we sh- we're supposed to have the same commands that we're following here. Yeah, we're but, reading the same know, book, right? We're reading the same <laughs> book, so how about let's get on the same page? But then uh, I think when you see someone who's not reading that book and or not following that, that you have a ton of charity, you yeah. know? And and uh, we're losing that. I don't know. I think we're losing that on, on all sides. But I think, like you said, it's easiest to see it in your own. Yeah. The internet allows us to be pretty faceless and pretty mean at the same time. Like 140 characters, man. I can't say anything <laughs> with any clarity in that, you know? Right. And that's the type of lifestyle we live in now. So the the idea that you're wanting to have these conversations and and at least three times a week I bump into somebody and we get into some deep conversation like this and I love it like your listeners and everyone whatever like if you're not getting into real conversations with people you don't know like go out there and just hang out like I don't know what to tell you like go go experience it I know that Mike from MXPX talks about that, about like getting out there and touring was a huge eye opener. That's what we do. I'm not trying to boast to myself. I'm just letting people know that are that are sitting here wondering, like, I don't like what he's saying about Christians, whatever. I'm sorry. I put a, a country accent on that impression I was just doing. Perfect. But, Let's go with it. But, <laughs> but honestly, I think the music is just a way for me to get out and have a good time. But whenever I get to meeting people, who I am is going to come out. So I'm a Christian. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a musician, a creative person. All those are different parts of my life, but they're all intertwined. You can't take one of those away and me be the same person. So I sit there and I talk to people in a genuine way and try to say like, okay, what do you guys want to talk about? And usually that leads to my perception, which is a Christian point of view. Mm-hmm. But I do that with respect. Now, sometimes I probably do this a little too much. My wife thinks so. Uh, I tend to be like, <laughs> sorry, I mean, I'm a Christian and I apologize that I'm a Christian. And, yeah, and yeah. Well, like you said, that's that had, carries a stigma now. Yeah, and it sucks. But like I'm trying, honestly, I'm trying to change that stigma. The same way that guy that was gay that told me, hey, you make me feel, don't make me feel like horrible. Uh, about myself like most christians he's encountered i asked him i was like what do you what do you think 
the Bible says about your life. And he goes, I know it's against it, but I hope God changes his mind. And that, that was so deep to me when he said that Mm. I go, man, like he, he wants to be accepted. He just is trying to figure it out. At that time, we were both in our early twenties and who knows where he's at now. Like, I mean, I've, I've lost contact with him for the most part. But maybe when he talks about Christian, he thinks of your face, you know? Say what? <laughs> well, I'm just saying that whenever he hears the word Christian, maybe you're part yeah, of that picture now. And that, and the same is when you hear something, you, you picture him. Yeah. You know, like the, those kind of experiences change you. It humanizes these labels. For sure. Whenever someone says something about the LBGTQ, I forget all the letters that are in there, but I think that's right. Before that conversation, I would have thought, forgive me to anyone listening to this, uh, but I would have thought that's a bunch of freaks. Uh, Before that conversation, after that conversation, I realized this is a person trying to figure it out like I am. They need patience as much as I do. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because it's (laughs) – I I remember there was a movie with Killian Murphy that was uh, called Breakfast on Pluto. Mm -hmm. He plays a – I don't know if it's transgender, but at least like a cross-dressing guy. Uh, but what was cool to me about the movie was that he was not all put together. Yeah. You know, he wasn't kind of the like Will and Grace, like constantly yucking it up and making jokes or whatever. Right. He was like a guy with issues, you know, and dealing with his own stuff and honest about it and, and contemplating, you know, suicide and these kind of things. And the movie was very like warts and all. Yeah. And I felt like, man, that that's... That's really interesting to see that because it wasn't preachy. Right. I and love And I think that. the same for the Christian movies are notoriously pretty awful. Yep. But if it, a lot of times it's because you get this super clean, no one has issues, and then they demonize the other side where you see like, oh, here's a, here's a Muslim or here's an atheist portrayed in the movie and they're like shouting, you know? Yeah. One of the most offensive movies to me I've ever watched is God's Not Dead. Oh, man, I like, haven't even watched that. Oh, you want to get mad. I just assumed it was not good. It's not good as a movie, and it's even more so as a picture it paints in Christians. Uh, sure. Everybody that is not a Christian is like an evil version of the non-Christian. Right. Like, like cartoonish. Yeah. It's like, and I spoiler alert, if you haven't watched God's Not Dead, <laughs> like... No. Um, <laughs> I knew you were going, trying to go in like trailer free for as much as you were Star yeah, Wars. media blackout. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but like most, if not all of the people that are non-Christians and are evil, either like go to jail or get hit by a car or whatever. Whoa. Like it's like, it's, and, yeah. and I go, this is so offensive. <laughs> um, to you. And yeah, to me as a Christian, I was like, that's, <laughs> right. that's crummy. Yeah, it's 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 wild, man. And I think there are some some decent Christian filmmakers. Yeah, you know, I, I almost hesitate to say Christian movie because it sounds like the movie has a soul or something. But like right. the filmmakers, that there are some decent ones who are just making like regular stories, you know. Yeah, and putting in a, a you know a Christian message or whatever, but in in a normal way that a movie does that, and not in this insane beat you over the head way, which doesn't help anybody. I know so many people that are more mad about movies like that than that that were like, all right, it really changed my life. Right. I mean, I'm a huge movie fan. I think you are too. Right. And this is one of the areas where my wife says I'm too hard on 
just Christian movies. Like I haven't seen a Christian movie made right. by a Christian director or producer or whatever that I've just been like, that was awesome. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> yeah, but no doubt, I did. I did like the movie Noah. Oh, Darren Aronofsky. Interesting. Yeah. 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 And even though I didn't agree with it theologically. Was it the um, large rock monsters that, that bothered you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forgot that part of the Bible. But I mean, yeah. but for the most part, like I thought it was a good movie. Like it was. Yeah. It, and, and I remember so many Christians getting so upset about a so-called atheist or even if he's agnostic I, I i don't know exactly what he believes yeah i don't know he he de- he does tend to put like biblical themes in his yeah. movie his newest movie has biblical themes oh yeah what's his newest movie uh mother oh i gotta see that uh, i haven't seen it yet but but yeah for me like i was under the impression that i was like so many christians boycotted that movie because an atheist um, oh right yeah see that goes back to the labeling thing it's like yeah. okay maybe but what else <laughs> you know <laughs> like that's such a short version of a, like i like that you said that you are a father you're a performer you're a christian you have all these things that is that is a true person yeah is more than just this little and i think nowadays we're so obsessed with finding out what camp someone fits in getting them into that box as fast as possible and then dismissing them yeah you know, it's like, how quickly can I find out who you're aligned with? Like, you see people say stuff like, well, I've heard that so-and-so is uh, associated with blah, blah, blah. Therefore, they must be that. And it's like, man, are we that, like, fragile or, like, afraid of talking to that person <laughs> and finding out what they actually are? Yeah. Because instead, you're, like, almost seeing, like, this, like, ooh, ooh, I, I heard he might be associated with X. You know, therefore, he must be one. When did we become so, so weak? Like, oh, when we're weak, did we man. become we're so, weak. like... Like my my dad taught me this. I mean, my Your dad's a marine. <laughs> my dad taught me that that we like he's a grown man. I remember one time he goes, "I'm a grown man. I can hear it." Like I used to always have people because I was known as a Christian. I used to have people all the time who didn't walk in the same lifestyle as I did, who used foul language or smoked or drank or did something that they thought is against my moral code and apologized to me for it. Right, and I go. I used my dad's saying. Right. I was like, "Oh, you don't have to apologize to me. I'm a grown man. <laughs> like, I like, I, I can handle it." <laughs> oh, that's great. I mean, like, as silly as it is to remind people that. <laughs> but yeah, well, you're reminding me of a Bible study that I used to go to, which was one of the best uh, experiences related to church that I've ever had. Was just it was five dudes. We all went to this house and we all just read a chapter. Uh huh. But we started studying uh, world religions. Yeah. And everybody in there wanted to know more about religions. And the rule was you can't go and read Christian sources for these things. You have to only get sources from, if it's Buddhism, from Buddhists. Yeah. You know, Scientology, read read from the Scientology website. Like, I don't want to hear what Dr. Dobson thinks right. of, you know, Buddhism or whatever. That. Yeah, but but one of the guys in the group said, well, what, like, I'm a little worried about doing this because what if we encounter things and we think, you know, it shakes our, our belief. And I, I just thought, dude, if it's, if it's true, if these other religions are true, you should believe them. Like, <laughs> that's exciting. Like, and if they're, and if your belief is false, you should stop believing that. Like, right. I'm not afraid of encountering something because if we're all lying to ourselves in this room, and I'm sure a lot of people think we are, then we should know that. Like, that's good to know. 
So, so I guess, I don't know, that was a switch that I had where I started to be committed to, and I can hear this in your post, you're committed to having true beliefs and you're willing to admit like that's important. So I get, I get real nervous um, sharing what I'm about to share with you just because I don't want to be a stumbling block to anyone. No, but the away. idea that I've got it all together, whether it's that's something I put out there or, or something I believe myself is a complete lie. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, can I read actually the end of your post here? Yeah. You said, uh, this is my perception of the world. Maybe in five years, I'll be reminded of this post and cringe. And I, I love that. Yeah. Like I think you said early on in this podcast, you don't go by absolute certainty. And I think as a kid, I was obsessed with finding absolute certainty. <clears throat> you kind of go on, here's where I am today. Man, <laughs> you know, Brad, only a Sith deals in absolutes, man. Oh, whew, don't get me started on that. <laughs> I hate that line. I hate that line. I know. And, and because know. It's, it is an absolute statement. That he's because it's contrary himself. to the whole storyline. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so messed up. I, anyway. I agree. We could have another <laughs> podcast where we just talk about Star Wars and, yeah. and where it's going. But Actually, but, yeah. And can I, can I link off your Noah comment? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Something that you said earlier. So in that movie, there's a scene where they show the creation of the world. And they do it, and I think it's a really cool scene. And it's Aronofsky, who's a great filmmaker, and it's not some Christian movie. But he's putting the formation of the planet and evolution of man and all that stuff in there as you hear Noah reading from Genesis. Yeah. Or it's a chopped up version of Genesis. But it it's really interesting because it kind of combines days of creation. And then over top of that, you see this time-lapse footage of the evolving species starting in the water and stuff. He says, you know, first life was created in the water and then you see that happening and then on the land, then you see that happening. And I thought, you know what? That could be possible. Like I'm open to that in a way that I, when I was a kid, I actually, and and, and by the way, (laughs) it wasn't Aronofsky that convinced me of this. It was just sort of, like I said, that hard fought, time in my 20s going through that but it was kind of like trying to figure it out yeah but that was a dirty word was like evolution and talking about that stuff and it's like you know you start walking into museums you start reading and you start thinking you know what that seems pretty legit it makes sense Uh, a lot of science makes sense i mean like what's isn't it funny that most christians are when it comes to science are pretty dumb well, and it's almost like they treat it like they don't want to go near it, like it's too hot. Like faith and science can't coexist. Right. So that and that, oh man. So that's a whole. I don't want to derail this whole thing, but that is something that really bothers me because yeah. of the foundations of science. A lot of the people that founded science were believers, or were <laughs> believers in a god, or maybe they were Christians. But there was a lot of people that were religious people. They didn't have that split in their brain where they thought, I can't be religious and a scientist. It seemed like from their words that they followed the science because they were looking for how God did it. They were curious, like, okay, there's these laws that God put in place and what are they? And I want to study them and learn them. And I feel like that now what we got is a cartoon, like we were talking about before, where it's like, okay, there's two sides and that's it and they can't merge. And and it's it's more of this like backbiting because I love science. I, I love technology. I obsess over yeah. technology all the time, probably too much. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yet, you know, I think that God did these things. Like, I think it's too uh, complicated to just be a, an accident. So I kind of have this uh, mixture going on. But that's, that's cool. Like, to me, if God chose to do it that way, I'm cool with it. Yeah, um, the, I mean, the guy, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, the guy that created the computer, I guess, Charles Babbage, I don't, I don't know, or, or, is, or credited with that, 
he had this theory, which I don't think is necessarily true, but it was a cool theory that God maybe had just pressed a switch and then the universe like exploded into being almost like a uh, program, like a software program. Yeah, and things lined up in place. It, right, and it just acts its way out throughout the course of, but it was all like pre-coded to yeah. do what it did. And I'm like, you know what, Charles Babbage? Good on you. I'm like, I kind of like that, you know? Well, that origin story speaks highly to even the scientific mind. You know, like that's how he broke right. it down. He's a computer and, guy. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the idea that we try to put, I guess, this world or God or whatever in a box. And this box is something we've made to our limitation. Sure. Uh, we try to put it in in terms that we grasp. And I'm okay with having, once again, we're talking about ideas or maybe this happened and this this kind of correlates with time and like maybe it was like God hit a switch and it was kind of like the Big Bang <laughs> and God, God allowed evolution to happen in a way, but he was still the orchestrator of it. Like he's the one that started it. Right. Um, I guess this is what I wanted to say earlier whenever I said I hate putting this out there, but man, the fact that like some people would look at me or a Christian or some Christians act this way, like they got it all figured out is a lie because I'm a mess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, like if I knew for like without a shadow of doubt, 100 percent like this, 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 this and this without any doubt, if yeah. that was my life. I would maybe probably start telling people, hey, <laughs> you might want to do this. Right, yeah. But that's not my life, man. Like, if I'm yeah. being completely honest, and this is where I is like, I almost, I'm almost nervous to say this, I'm about 99% sure there is a God. But I'm not going to act like I don't sometimes go, man, if I die and nothing happens, that's going to suck. Like, right, no, yeah. I, I sit think that's... there and I think, like, maybe, maybe I just believe this thing. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you should you should and, question and, that and, stuff. But I'll I can't imagine a scenario where I'm not uh, following Christ and his teaching. Right. So that's the thing kind of where I am now is yeah. is I've kind of backed off on a lot of details and I've kind of come to a lot of simple things that I hold on to. Yeah. Like when I was a kid I was like left behind style where I thought like locusts were going to come <laughs> flying in and I was drawing like violent end times imagery. Heck yeah. And uh, <laughs> a lot of that stuff I just could care less about now. And it's like I have about three or four core things, you know. There is a God probably. Yeah. And I think that he probably wanted to show himself to us. And that was probably Jesus. Yeah. You know, so I kind of have like a pretty short list of like, okay, these are my essentials. And then there's a lot of stuff that I'm kind of willing to just like let go yeah. around the side, but that's kind of my like uh, pillars, I guess, that haven't haven't left. Yeah, I guess I I have the hard time as a father. I I sometimes ask the questions, and I know we're going to get into some real deep thoughts here that we're not going to be able to expound on. But the idea that I sit here and look at as a father, I have three sons, and. If we are supposed to be, quote unquote, God's children, and I did what God has done, this is, uh, I believe this is a carnal way of thinking. I think I'm wrong. There's that, there's a Christian word for you. <laughs> yeah. 
all Christians listening to this are going to be like, well, he, he just needs to have faith. I get it. I know the answer that they're going to, they're going to say, you just got to have faith. But sometimes I just need a little bit of reassurance. And, and so sometimes I'm sitting there like, God, I've been following you for 30 some odd years. It'd be great if you could show me you're listening to me or that we do have an other than me just hoping like that could have been God. That might've been a miracle. That could have been a thing, but I'm not. You're describing childhood Brad basically. Yeah. Like praying and then, and then like trying to, and and it's partly because of the teachers that I had, you know, they, they put these ideas in my head that whenever you pray, that it's not just, you know, you're sending up an email to God kind of situation, but it's more like a conversation where right. you're supposed to sit and listen and try to discern if you're hearing audible voices. And I heard a lot of that as a kid. And then when I would sit and listen, I would hear my own thoughts and be like, wait, was that the devil? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> really weird stuff that I now know would never t- lay on any new believer and say like, here's how it works. You're going to get a conversation going. But at the time I was full of that, man. I, I definitely did the same thing. Yeah, I guess I sat there and I go, man, if I was the type of father that God is to me, to my kids, yeah. I'd be an absentee father that never communicates except through a book. Gotcha. That I gotcha. left and said, Hey guys, I got you, but you got to trust me. I left this, I left that on the coffee table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's money for pizza and everything, but, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not. That's awesome. Money for pizza. <laughs> yeah. But, th- but your book about God is called Money for Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea that, like, yeah, dude. These no, kids, that's like, real. I, and and people that push back on me is like, well, you got to have faith. You got to understand that he is. Yeah, like an empty bumper sticker answer. Yeah. I mean, like, understand, I still love God with all my heart. I still follow no, yeah. him. I still believe I he you. is the way, the truth, and the life. No man should come to the Father except through him. Oh, no. Watch out. Wouldn't it be cool? <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if he is an unlimited God? The amount of effort he has to make to just say, okay, Josh is already sticking with me. What's up, Josh? <laughs> I'm going to give him a little bit of peace of mind. I'm going to show up like right now. I've said so many times, just show up right now, just for like 30 yeah. seconds and oh, say, that's hey, yeah. man, I love you. I got you. Yeah. I mean, like, if he is that guy, this makes me sound like a nutcase or... No, or, dude, I, I, it, it's, it's raising so many things I want to say to you. Like, I, I have two things that, that come to mind, if you don't mind. No, go for it. One is... Uh, when you hit doubts like that, I think this is the thing that's good with practicing. Like, I'm almost 40, well, 38. When I hit a thing like that, it's it's familiar to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I've gone through it enough. I feel like when you hit a doubt, the thing that your friends almost lay on you of like, well, just just ignore it almost. Just have faith and just, just ignore it is not good. It's not healthy. I can't live I think that that's way. that's the time. <laughs> no, yeah, you don't want to because it's not going to be good and your kids aren't going to accept that. Like you talked about the father analogy. Right. They're not going to accept this empty line that you lay on them. If anything, that might cause them to just turn away because they'll be like, well, forget this. Dad doesn't know what he's talking about. But for me, hitting those doubts, I always write that down. Like get that down and start exploring it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it may not be everybody's thing. I know my grandma was like one of the, one of the strongest believers that I ever knew, but she really wasn't interested in a lot of intellectual study and stuff like that, you know? Right. But I, I am, and I can't let it go. So I, every year, just about, it seems like I have some new question. There was a year yeah. that I was pursuing the idea of like medicine and how that relates to our prayer life and stuff like that and hospitals and, you know, 
And there was a year where I was talking about Genesis and, and thinking about, you know, the creation, kind of what we just talked about with the Aronofsky uh, scene there. <laughs> I feel like we could break down. I want to comment on every single thing you've said so far. Like medicine, I got. I, I, I want to talk about that. Genesis and Old Testament, whether yep. it's parabolic or whether it's history. I mean, right, just, yeah. I love all that. Yeah, I was telling my dad this. I'd be like, well, this year my big thing is this. Like there was a year when I just thought about boycotting, right. like because a lot of Christians boycott. And I was like, is that? So I don't let those things go. Right. And I'll write them down and I'll just start studying on that. And what happens time and time again is I come to a fuller picture of it and I come to be more satisfied with an answer. Like, I'm not saying that every single thing definitely will, but so far I've learned that like that's actually a strength. If you can write that stuff down and be like, I'm going to get into this. Yeah. Because then somebody might ask you the same question and then you're not just going to lay a line on them. You're going to say, you know what? Same problem and this is what I decided about this. And maybe your decision is, you know what? I don't believe anymore. And, you know, uh, maybe your decision is, uh, okay, well, I've got uh, my faith strengthened because of that. But, like, ignoring it is probably the worst thing. Right. You know, in my experience anyway. that's No, that's, that's good advice. The, the second thing real quick was I once walked in on a conversation that my wife was having with a whole bunch of her family members. And I walked into the room and everybody was, like, kind of loud. And one person was saying why doesn't God just walk down the street and just show himself to me? And I think Amber was sort of serving the role of like the Christian with the answers or whatever, yeah. or trying, you know, to explain, because a lot of the family, they're not believers. And so someone was saying this. And then I walked in the room and Amber goes, well, Brad will know. <laughs> and I remember thinking like the spotlight came down and I was like, now's my moment. Time to reveal the best answer. And I honestly gave a crappy answer. And then it bothered me so much that I like later was going over and over in my head like, and I think this is why conversations are good is because if you say something dumb, most people realize when it comes out of their mouth that it's nonsense, Right. you know? And then I thought a lot about it later and I was like, that should not have been my answer at all. This should have been my answer, you know? Yeah. Almost like a Billy Graham approach because Billy Graham in interviews will just say, I don't know a lot, Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I thought there's so much wisdom in that, and it sounds dumb, but admitting that, you know, from our perspective, there's a lot we can't answer is a great place to start. Yeah. I'm terrified of a person that has an answer for everything. Yeah. It's a little spooky, I guess. I mean, I know because like getting into concerts free or festivals for free before I was in a band right, yeah. was act like you had to be there and make them feel like they're the ones that are hindering progress here. and so <laughs> That's funny man i learned in a way that like oh you can get by with uh, get away with quite a bit just by giving what sounds like a good answer or or just opening your mouth and yeah. have a, a nice smile or a witty whatever saying i like authenticity man i like uh, i mean maybe that comes with age and the idea that like yeah i think it does a little bit we're okay i'm okay with not knowing everything like, I assume that until my dying day, I'll, I'll sit there and go, I, I wonder, I wonder, what, yeah. I wonder about this. I wonder yeah. about that. That, you know? that was a, that was a depressing thought to me coming out of thinking that I would at some point have a full grasp on it. Cause I was like, oh, I guess I am going to just be still learning forever. Yeah. I had a conversation with Megan where I was like, isn't it annoying that there'll never be a moment where I go, 
all right, figured it all out. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's I had the same thought. Yeah, God, so annoying. Right now, not everybody has that attitude. I've talked to people that that go, "Boy, that's a great, exciting thing about life." But I think it's because of how I started. I started from a position of like, "All right, enough study, and I'll just have it." Yeah. And like I said, I would not want the brain of my 20 year old self implanted into me right. because I am glad with how much progress that I've made. Letting go of stupid things that weren't big deals. I mean, that's even a relationship thing, you yeah. know, realizing over time what is worth arguing over and what is not and that kind of stuff. But like, I'm happy with the progress. I now realize that it's going to continue forever. Yeah, I think I'm okay with looking at my life for right now. Like Once again, we're talking about today. Um, I'm looking at it like, okay, if I lead with love and humility and respect in any aspect, knowing that I am still bold in what I believe in and who I am in my identity in God. Right. Like, I feel like sometimes whenever I voice these concerns or even say like, well, you just got to love everyone, blah, blah, blah. It makes me seem like I don't have a backbone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or the boldness to stand for what I believe in. And that's not the case at all. Yeah. You said that in the post. I think you're worried about being, per- there's a perception that if you express a doubt, yeah. that it's a sign of weakness and you're losing your faith. And so, and I think all of that is damaging. Yeah. The idea that you don't, don't express any doubts, like don't ask any questions. For sure. Stay ignorant. And I, I do think ignorance is bliss. Sometimes I, I would rather stay ignorant. Yeah. You know, I'm not a super big fan of watching the news because I end up more depressed. Yep. You know, <laughs> let me. But at the same time, it keeps you in a bubble. Yeah, go ahead. Let me share you uh, share a perfect example of like my parents' parenting style and that generation's parenting style versus mine. Right. Yeah. And I think this will be a kind of entertaining story. My oldest son, who is nine now, London. He he was probably three or four, somewhere in there. And whatever mm-hmm. year Avengers came out. Right. Yeah, that's how we and, judge time. Yeah, because it involves that. Yep. We were in our apartment in Nashville, and London's always been kind of a private kid when it comes to showing affection. Like, right. if he's kissing his mom goodnight, at a young age, she would tell everyone not to look. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And same for me. If he was kissing me goodnight, he'd ask everyone not to look. And so I was at home with him in the, in the apartment and I in his room, I put on Avengers. He loved the movie Avengers and it had been a little while and I, I was like, man, it's pretty quiet in his room. So I just peeked in there on him and he had the Avengers paused on Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, and he was kissing the TV screen. <laughs> nice. And I shut the door and I was like, <laughs> how am I supposed to deal with this? Like this kid's like four. Like what? Yeah, yeah. He's experiencing the idea of like attractiveness and, yeah. and and I guess he saw me and Megan kiss, so he thought this is what <laughs> people in love do. That's awesome. And and so I sat there and I thought and I was like, I'm gonna talk about this. Like this kid's smart. I'm right. going to I'm just gonna have gonna a chat. Go with Vigo him. Mortensen style. Yeah, yeah. And um and so I opened the door and immediately you would have thought I caught him doing something even worse. Like he right, was very yeah. ashamed. And everything, and I go, "Hey, buddy, what's up?" And he's like, "I don't want, I don't want to talk about it." And and, <laughs> and I, and I go, uh, "Do you like her?" And he goes, "I don't, I don't want to talk about it." Like he would just over and over say, "I don't want to talk yeah. about it." I don't uh, like. 
And I go, you know, it's okay. It's okay if you find her pretty. Yeah, this is a four-year-old. I love this. Yes. Yeah. With a four-year-old, man, this is like a conversation I thought I would have with him now. You know, like nine, eight, nine, right. ten. Yeah. But basically, I just said like, man, it's okay to find girls pretty and attractive. You just have to respect them. You have to respect everybody. Right. Uh, and I kind of left it like that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to hit play now, right? And he just sat there and he was embarrassed. But we had the conversation. So then I I called Megan, talked to her about it. And then I called my mom. And my mom goes, you shouldn't talk about it with him. Like she didn't know I'd already had a conversation with him. Right, yeah. And she goes, I'd just leave it alone. Mm -hmm. And I go, that is for sure that generation's way of dealing with things is we don't know. So we're not going to talk about it. Yeah, I could see that. And I'm not saying necessarily that they did a bad job or whatever. I mean, the 60s, 70s, and 80s were a weird time to become an adult Mm -hmm. because so many things that we thought were okay were definitely not okay. (laughs) And so in those 30 years, there was a big upheaval in people's belief system and social uh, awareness of things. And I think we're going through that again now. And the idea that we need to have these conversations, even with my four-year-old kid, I need to have these conversations because now I've laid a groundwork of respect for women. And I'm going to be honest, man, I have to overcome a lot of old-fashioned, maybe somewhat uh, like stuff I didn't even realize I picked up, like male chauvinism, thinking that a woman needed to be here or not not here and all that stuff. And sure. I'm trying to be vague because I don't want to say something stupid. But, uh, but I <laughs> no, know that. I get that, you. I get you. Yeah. But I'm well aware that like, like I value a woman's perspective. I value my wife's perspective. And I think that they're probably on a whole smarter than guys because they are better observers and mm-hmm. and they can probably break down things because we're always in our hurry and everything's yeah. a quote unquote like pissing contest. And yeah. and with them, they're like, they just think we're dumb. Yeah, that, dude, that's one thing that I've definitely had to, I had to say to myself in my head, you are not better than her. Yeah. Isn't that weird? And I don't even think that's something that like my parents instilled in me or whatever. It was almost just a pride, ego, selfish thing. Yeah. This is something guys struggle with, I think, even more than women is just this idea of the not wanting to be wrong uh, and not wanting to, you know, admit that. You know, you'll see people just argue and argue to the death on something that's obviously wrong, <laughs> you know, just to keep the pride and uh, I, that that's a learning experience if you're married is you get beaten down enough times by that where you realize you actually are, are benefiting from having a person who calls all your nonsense. Yeah, oh, for sure. That's the best <laughs> you know? vetting process, like, man. You know better than me. And it's like, dang, you're right. Yeah. Something you said there that uh, I think is a pretty cool thing I've realized is the idea that guys, and I know I did it 10 years ago. Guys have a tendency of arguing for no reason. That's what I'm saying. I think it feeds the pride. Pride, entitlement, like I've got it all figured out Mm -hmm. type mentality. And and I've gotten to a point now and people closest to me sometimes I think perceive it as a a jerk thing to do. But there have been times like my brother, I'm going to use my brother as an example. Recently, we were talking about two HBO series that we watch. Right. Uh, One was Game of Thrones and the other one was The Deuce. 
Okay. And I said, this is going to be a little bit of a PG-13 conversation we're having. <laughs> okay. But if you have kids in the car. Yeah, yeah. But um, the show The Deuce is about Brooklyn in the 70s, like sex workers. Oh, right. And okay. Yeah, I've heard of that. Then Game of Thrones. I don't know if you watched that. Only a few. Yeah, it's not my thing. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows who, what Game of Thrones right. is. So, yeah, I was um, going to say, let's not do I'm that. I'm not about to do it. <laughs> Here's a synopsis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but just because of my moral code, I, if I think that nudity is coming on on the screen, I just turn my eyes yep. and wait for that, that to happen. Because Classic pillow technique. Yeah. You know, I'm actually, I'm blessed in that I'm blind as a bat without my glasses. Yeah. So my, my go-to smooth move is lowering the glasses. Now everything is a blur. So you just see vague I only shapes. See, I, can, I can tell that there are human shapes. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. That's great. It was like still enough flesh colored colors on it's the It's enough to know when the scene is changed. It's not much. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's colors. That's great. So I said to my brother Brady, who is, uh, who is a bass player in my band, like we were driving and I go, the TV show about dragons right. has probably more nudity than the TV show about pornography. <laughs> and I just find that funny. Right. Yeah. You can do it that way. He started debating that he would expect Game of Thrones to have more. And I go, that doesn't make sense. Like, logically, that doesn't make sense. And then we, he kept breaking it down into more minuscule, minuscule. And then <laughs> at this. some point, I just go, I don't know. I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> and he, we left it at that. <laughs> then about 10 minutes. That's some good married man recipe right there. Yeah. So 10 minutes later, we have a conversation about emo bands that transcended uh emo and went to indie uh, right yeah and we went into the most minutiae like we broke that down way too much more than <laughs> any two people should right yeah and i spent a lot more brain power on that than i did the previous hbo series conversation right, yeah and the conversation was over and he goes why were you cool with like continuing the conversation about the music thing but not the hbo series because i was really getting going with the hbo series and it seemed like you just cut it off and i go honestly i think it's scientifically proven and i could be wrong it's easy for me to say scientifically proven and you have to believe it (laughs) but that we have a certain amount of brain power in a day before our brains reset or when we go to sleep right and there's a thing called decision paralysis and and so i've learned that here I made this random offhand comment, which could be wrong, about a show having more nudity than the other <laughs> and how that's funny. And you wanted to get in a big debate about it. And I, I go, I don't have the information. I don't care to have the information anymore. I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> I've used enough energy on this right. that I don't want to have this conversation anymore. And you're saying that that's a good thing, that you've learned that. Or- yeah, I've learned where I want to spend my energy. <laughs> right. And uh, and it was to a point where I, sure, I could go study the first four episodes of each series, time how much time there's nudity on the screen. and Your kids and, would love this go, project. Here's I'm the sure, scientific yeah. findings. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't care to, nor is it important to me to do that. And what's great about my brother, he goes, okay, I can, I can understand that. Sure. Why you did it. He goes, just let you know, you came across as a, kind of a jerk in that process. I was like, thanks. I should have probably yeah. put that in a better way. Yeah. The whole, uh, what is worth arguing over thing. Yeah. Super, super good to know. And then how you put that is probably also really good. Like my wife and I used to have, like we would have arguments when we were dating and she would just suddenly start listening to music and singing along to the music. <laughs> and I remember it infuriate me because I'd be like, how are you able to just stop 
and sing and like have a happy time when we're in the middle of this because I'm very much like a holding a grudge kind of person, you know? Yeah. Like it has to be solved. Like if we're up till 4 a.m., it has to be solved. And over time, I realized like, you know what? Maybe I should just like let it go and letting things go sing is along. So feel, you know? <laughs> this feels so good. Yeah. I mean, and we're still learning. We're still learning. I mean, we literally, we were having a conversation. I'm going to give people a real in-depth look at me and my wife's marriage. We love each other very much. And, and for the most part, we've had a great marriage. Like we've had our ups and downs, but like, and, and what's funny is like in the last yeah. two years, it's almost been a resurgence of how much I love that woman. Like I can't get enough of her. I mean, like she's, I find her amazingly attractive and I love talking to her and everything. But I mean, I have to ask her permission. I'm just going to say it. Last night she goes, I wish we were best friends. Hmm. And I go, you want to know why we're not quote unquote best friends when you compare me and my best friend, me and David Curtis? Yeah, sure. It's because we don't have that thing, that non-verbal like thing that we can do that doesn't have the pressures of life or having three kids together. Or like <laughs> me and David played music together. And there's something yeah, mind numbing and simple and yeah. whatever Stakes about low. that <laughs> that we can connect with. And me and Megan have never had that. We have our separate hobbies, but we don't have the thing that we do together that we know, even if we're arguing with each other or having a bad day, we're going to become a team on this thing and we're going to kill it. And so I was like, maybe that's the next step for us. Maybe the next step is finding that thing that the two of us can do together that doesn't have all the pressures of everyday mom and dad, husband and wife stuff. And it's just something that the two of us do. We both enjoy. We get competitive or we get, I was like, even if it's yoga, I'll take up yoga. Maybe I love yoga. I was like, if that's the thing that we got to do to, to connect on a deeper level, that's what we'll do. Yeah. Maybe it's rock climbing. Maybe it's taxidermy. I don't know, but let's figure it out. Like to tie this all together, that's me yep. dealing with my wife. That's me dealing with someone I've shared a house with or an apartment with for the last 11 years. And this is a, so, someone I think I know better than anyone else in this world. And we still haven't figured it out. And that's it. And yeah. so when we're talking to about these other people and different lifestyles and perceptions, maybe I need to listen to someone else before I make a judgment call yeah. that leads with, with pride that comes across as hate uh, that ends up pushing people away. Yeah. I think you said it well, man. Yeah, we got it. We did it. <laughs> we did it. We, we, did we, it. we solved it for the rest of time. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. I used to talk to my dad and, and my mom would come in and say, what are you doing in here? Leave your dad alone. He's had a hard day. And I'd say, we're solving the world's problems in here. <laughs> there you go. We're having these conversations. He, he had like a psychiatrist couch. So I would lay there and solve the world's <laughs> problems. But yeah, I mean, I appreciate you being on here, man, to talk more about that post. Yeah, I think you and I are, are on the same wavelength with uh, we need to uh, be more humble. We need to have these conversations with people and get out there. And uh, I'm hoping to do that more with this show and uh, yeah, man. and do my own, my own little part. And I, I love what you're saying about traveling around and meeting people and, 
you know, just experiencing all that life has to offer, not being afraid to face doubts and face questions like that. I mean, having kids, I'm sure, has constantly confronted you with questions. Kids are great at asking yeah. questions, and it's, it's oh, good training. Yeah, the you know? best questions. Yeah, and and it's 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 great training because you're gonna you're gonna want to answer those. You're not gonna want to just hide. You know. Can I leave your listeners with like a minute and a half worth of just my own encouragement, real quick? Yeah, sure, man. My battery um, is flashing, so you got whatever time is left. Okay, so. People, right now you're thinking, oh, I want to go see the world and everything. He's telling me to go see the world and go see, go visit people. But I promise you that if you get a hold of your finances and you get a hold, I mean, just do it. Just do it. Don't be irresponsible. Go see something. Go do something you don't normally do. Because I feel that we tend to put limitations on ourselves and don't go out and do these things. We constantly give ourselves excuses not to do those things. Whenever you have unlimited potential, you've never tapped into. So I think you're good enough. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to have problems. It's okay not to have it figured out. But go figure it out. The best thing you can do is learn from other people. And I promise you, you will find answers. So... There it is. Was that, were you able to get all that before it all ended? I think so, yeah. And, and our miracle healing buckets are available for $70 a piece if anybody wants to get them. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, man, there was, man. So, there was so much we could talk about that is just making fun of our of childhood selves and teenage yeah. selves. You know, it's Halloween uh, coming up here, and uh, uh-huh. we used to uh, just turn off the lights in the house and hide and watch uh, Warriors of Virtue <laughs> on VHS or whatever, and... Uh, <laughs> I was just reminded of that. I was just reminded of that, That's and I was so thinking, good. yeah, I've definitely come a long way because I uh, I do hand out candy now, and uh, yeah, I let my kids dress up. I don't dress up like a demon, but I do uh, hand out a Twix bar. So I think <laughs> That's uh, great. I've made a little progress. Maybe I Who mean knows? I'm probably I'm probably the other extreme. Like I I used to have Halloween concerts where everyone got in free if they dressed up, and I dressed up too. And yeah, I just didn't embrace it as a as a evil thing i embrace it as like hey let's get together and let's have more for the party <laughs> you know yeah yeah and i've talked to a lot of people that are like that they're like i never had an issue with halloween and if you look at the history of it and everything it's kind of like oh okay i get it you know yeah but uh, yeah. still learning we're still learning yeah, here still learning man but uh josh i really appreciate you uh, giving up your evening i know you're you got kids to beat uh they've yeah. been uh wandering in and out of the room there, <laughs> or pants to <laughs> pants to put back on or whatever and yeah, for uh sure. I appreciate you spending some time. I I know we're we're more on the same page than a lot of other guests that I want to have on here and people that I yeah. disagree with. But I think uh, the fact that we're on that same page is why I wanted to have you on there. So yeah, man, anytime. I appreciate you asking me. No problem. All right, you have a good night, man. All right, later, brother.